Welcome to Living Hope Podcasts. If you want to learn more about Living Hope and our ministries, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca. We hope you appreciate today's message. I invite you to open up your Bibles to 2 Peter 3, uh, verse 17 and 18. That can be found on page 1,897 for those looking for it. 1,897. Also, as you are finding your way there, kind of near the end of the Bible, let's just have a quick review of where we are in our series. Uh, we're in our series, Growing in Hope Together Through Jesus. Uh, we began at the end, of course, uh, with Through Jesus, uh, where we looked at the fact that it is through Jesus that we have our hope in which we grow. Uh, we reflected on those first lines from Psalm 124, which said, if the Lord were not with us, we would not be where we are today. Uh, then we looked at being together uh, that this was a call, that we were called to live into the joy of being a Christian community. However, to do this well, uh, we also need to work on things. We need to strengthen ourselves in, in patience and in love for one another. Um, we also need to rid ourselves of things like bitterness and anger and envy. And today, as I noted earlier, we're going to be looking at that other part, growing in hope, and specifically looking at that image of growing. Uh, regardless of where we are in our Christian journey, we're, we're all in the same boat in some way where we all are called to continue to grow in Christ. Whether you're five or you're 40 or you're 95, uh, we all have this call to grow in who we are in Christ. You'll also note maybe that um, on your bulletins it says Jeremiah 29 on there. I wanted to have that there, but I also um, respect that people want to also probably leave uh, church before noon. Uh, so um, you can take a look at Jeremiah 29, uh, particularly verse 7, and I challenge you to look at that and to see how does this fit into a message of where our true hope is. Um, and if you still have questions, you can talk to me afterwards. Let's turn to God's word, 2 Peter 3, verse 17 through 18. Um, after reading that, we're going to read the first nine verses of 2 Peter as well. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. And now, flipping a couple pages earlier to the first verses. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus have received a faith as precious as ours, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises 
so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if any of you do not have them, you are nearsighted and blind and have forgotten that you have been cleansed from your past sins. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, a few weeks ago, a nephew of mine was born, and of course we went to go and see him as about two days old, and we brought uh, little Annika there. We have a, uh, she was six months old at the time to uh, visit this cousin as well, and we realized that little Annika wasn't actually that little. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've seen her. She's like, it's what we politely call like a healthy baby. Uh, she's uh, got some size to her, and she just dwarfed this little cousin. It was, it was hard to believe that just six months earlier, she was that size, that, that our, the cousin was actually uh, born a little heavier than Annika was. It, it gave a simple reminder to us of, of growth, that, that we have something built within us that just grows, that it's part of what we are. As humans, we're always growing, we're always changing. And there comes a time where we stop growing taller, uh, but there are other ways in which we continue to grow as well. There are different challenges that come our way, different life stages that we enter into that prompt us into growth. Uh, for, for many of us, uh, or many people in our culture, uh, main passage of growth is, is going to college and going to live out on your own. Different stages of life cause us to grow in different ways. Another big one is, is retirement. Uh, re retirement is a time where you can either invest in completely new things and grow in things that you're passionate about, or where you can invest extra time into things that you only had limited time to work through before. There's also other things that prompt growth, like illnesses and setbacks in our health. These prompt a different type of growth. Uh, sometimes we're forced to grow in patience. Or, or if we don't, uh, well, we might grow in anger or, or, in, or in bitterness. Whatever the case, whatever the scenario is, there, there's no option of not growing. Uh, we're, we're always changing. And we're always growing in some way. And the Part of the problem, part of the challenge in the midst of this is that there's good growth and there's bad growth. Uh, so let's say I, I have a day off and I decide to just play video games all day, uh, as has happened. Um, there can be something good uh, in the playing of the video games. Uh, this is a place where I can enjoy the creativity of others, where I can delight in technology, part of God's good creation. 
Uh, maybe the game is helping me think creatively, uh, thinking in ways that I hadn't thought before. Um, more often than not, because I'm not very skilled, it's, it's teaching me patience and perseverance as I work my way through it. But also, it's likely that the game is shaping me in other ways. Uh, the games that I'm playing are, are teaching me that I should be the center of my world, that, that if, if this isn't satisfying me, I can just flip and just go to the next thing, that I, I need to have my desires filled at all points, all times. And this is something that will form me regardless of, of the content, whether I'm playing uh, something that's violent or something that's quite innocent, regardless of the content of uh, the technology that we engage with, it will form us in other and deep ways. Every day, the things that we do prompt us to grow. And Peter is aware of that. That's why he is finishing his... Uh, He's finishing his letter with this piece of advice. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This, this is what he chooses to close his letter with, uh, to add significance to what this letter is, because we're just jumping in 2 Peter. Maybe not all of us know the context here. Uh, Peter is nearing his death. Uh, he is writing one last letter to this community. And this is the most important things, the things that he wants to make sure that they are reminded of. He chooses to finish with the words, grow in Jesus. And I know we're jumping into 2 Peter, so we don't know the whole context. Um, but there's also this wonderful section in the middle where this is placed in contrast to uh, false teachers, uh, false teachers which are telling them that they don't really need to grow. They can just kind of follow their desires as they will, that things will work out on their own, uh, that we have the, the salvation will come at the end of the day, so just do what you want and you'll be fine. One of the terms that's used to describe these types of people is those that intentionally forget uh, they intentionally forget part of the gospel. Um, I don't know. I, I think most of you probably know what it is to intentionally forget. I know it in the context of maybe like chores. I've, I've intentionally forgotten to do the dishes uh, more than once, intentionally forgotten to vacuum. I rarely intentionally forget to finish a dessert. Uh, it's the, there are things that we intentionally forget. And here... Peter's pointing out to the people of this church, they have intentionally forgotten something that was inconvenient for them to work on. They conveniently pick parts of the gospel that sound nice and easy for them. They, they look at the gospel and they don't see any wilderness. They don't see any challenge, a place where they need to be refined in order not to be swayed by the false teachers, he says, you need to grow in the knowledge of our Savior. You need to intentionally remember, pull this memory back of who Jesus is, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, here's an image that I have found helpful for just wrapping our minds around it. Uh, I drew this myself. 
this is a, a box. As sometimes the way that we think of the, the Christian faith is that we need to be in the boundaries. We need to behave a certain way, look a certain way, um, follow certain actions. And as long as we're inside, as long as we fit the qualifications of what makes us in that box, we're okay. Uh, there's a story, a popular story, about um, a father who hears their child fall out of bed, uh, so he comes to console her uh, and tuck her back in. And when he goes to ask her, so that's a bed now, um, why she fell out, uh, she responds with the wise words, I stayed too close to where I got in. Um, the, the, the shocking truth there, of the, or the simple truth, I stayed too close to where I got in was the reason why she had fallen out. Peter is making sure in his calling to this church that they do not stay too close to where they came in, that, that the purpose is that they're, they're supposed to be kind of comfortable in the center, they're supposed to get tucked in, they're supposed to be moving towards that center, which is Christ. We are meant to grow continually in the likeness of Christ. Uh, in contrast to that image, we, we have the image of the well. Um, I've, I've given this one before, so it's, I had more time to draw apparently back then. Um, this, this idea of a watering hole. Now, in this image, it's not about being within the box. Uh, it's not about just like this one character over here who seems to have it all kind of together and everyone else just kind of is messy in their lives and, and they don't know what's going on. The image of the watering hole is one where the ones who receive life are the ones that are heading towards the watering hole. It doesn't matter how close you are to it. We need to be moving towards the source of life. So, an illustration here, this fella who seemed so close and had all the right behaviors, had all the right things down, if they're not moving towards the source of life, there's a problem. And here we can have something that might seem a little bit more messy, um, but is moving towards what brings life. And when we looked at this in the past, of course, that watering hole is that representation of movement towards Christ. Are we people who are moving towards the one who brings life? Are we growing? Are we moving towards the center? Are you, are you advancing towards the one who famously at the temple called out, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink? Intentional growth is important, um, and I'm sure we, we've all met examples of places where intentional growth uh, hasn't taken place. Uh, there's, there's the person who grows in being gracious and patient, but there's also people that grow in continually being sour and angry. Not every person who attends a church all their life can be described as a mature Christian with patience and gentleness and abiding in love. It takes this daily effort of growing in the likeness of Christ each day and in every season of life. Ephesians chapter 4, 
gives this wonderful image of what it means to be mature in Christ. He, he talks uh, about someone getting thrown around in the waves, that the mature person is the one in the midst of the waves that they can be still. But in contrast, on the other hand, the person who has not taken that time to mature and to grow and to strengthen who they are in Christ, whenever they hear an idea that they like, they go running off that way, and then they hear one over here, and then they're running off that way again. They kind of get, they're getting tossed back and forth and back and forth. The mature person in Christ stands in contrast to that. The problems of people getting swayed here and there by arguments in the broader culture is nothing new. Perhaps we experience it a little bit more than now, because uh, we don't really need to go out of our way that far to find arguments that will take us here or there. We got them at our fingertips. And that maybe, it doesn't make this passage irrelevant. Uh, it actually makes it more, more pressing for us. Uh, we need to grow in the maturity of Christ to not be swayed by every new opinion that comes our way. Uh, we picked up at the end of 2 Peter. Uh, so let's look at the beginning, uh, because this is a theme, so Peter ends with this encouragement, grow, um, but this isn't just something he just throws at the end. Uh, this is something that continues uh, it's a continued line of thought throughout his whole letter. This is the thing he wants to communicate to the Christians before he dies. First, he says that God's power was given to all of us. That we are given everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him. Uh, so, so for some of us that are hearing a message like this, and we're thinking, well, that's... That's a nice vocation for some people, some people that have these, uh, they, maybe they're more spiritual, but I'm, I'm just kind of more of an ordinary person. I, I don't need to have this constant or, or consistent growth. Here we have the fact that this, this equipping is given to all of God's people, and it's not based necessarily on your strengths, um, but it's based on what God has done, that God has given this. The encouragement we have from scriptures is that we are given this seed of a godly life that, we, that is meant to grow, and we are able to do it because God prompts it. Uh, the, the language that Peter uses here is participating in the divine nature. Um, that's different language than we usually see in Scripture. We usually see it in terms of growing in the likeness of Christ. Uh, but, but whatever term we use to describe it, this growing in the likeness of Christ, this participating in the divine nature, is always done in and through God's work in us. It doesn't matter if you're reading Luke or John or Paul or Peter. It is always emphasized that this is through God's work in us. Verse 5 picks up, saying, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. So he's saying these are things we, we add into our faith, that we need to keep growing, that through the Spirit, and he lists all these things, uh, building in our knowledge, our self-control, our perseverance, our godliness, and our love, finishing with love intentionally. This is something that completes that list. 
And he doesn't just say to add them to your faith. He says to add them to our faith in increasing measure. Notice that line. That's, again, pointing towards this continual growth. We need to do this in increasing measure. It's not enough just to say, okay, I got love. It's there. I'm fine. I'm in that. I'm in that square now. I'll be okay. Uh, We are meant to do these things in increasing measure. In other words, when we do not grow, oh, oh, let's let's read this uh, line here. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's, uh, it's a line that's worth reading twice. It's, it could be shocking a little bit here. Uh, Peter is saying, when we do not grow, we are being ineffective and unproductive in our knowledge of Jesus. Uh, he's not pulling any punches here. He's stating it as starkly as he can. And he, he gives it again as a reminder, in case the people didn't catch it in this first chapter, in the first part of his letter, he finishes with it. You are people that are meant to grow. The little word grow shows us that the Christian life is far more than following rules that are given to us. What it means to live in a Christian life is to nurture and develop that life that has been given to us. Now, you might notice I've talked a lot about this part, um, but we haven't necessarily centered in on the hope element. We are talking about growth and growing, and this growth is in the knowledge, the likeness of Jesus In doing so, it's actually talking about where our true hope is. Uh, Looking at the titles that that Jesus is given in our passage, so going back to our um, chapter 3, verse 18, it gives the titles that Jesus is the Jesus Christ, that he is Lord, and he is Savior. Uh, Those three titles all mean something, uh, that he is the Messiah. This is saying that Jesus is the one that fulfilled all of the promises that people were expecting of the the Savior, that that this promise that was given to to Abraham, that through him there would be a blessing to all nations, that that is fulfilled in and through Jesus. The, The title of Lord points towards the fact that Jesus is Lord. He has lordship He has authority. He is the one who is appointed as judge. And that part could be a bit of a scary thing to reckon with, Jesus as judge. But that is also why he couples the title with Jesus as Savior, both Lord and Savior. This is important to recognize because despite deserving judgment, we will not receive it we are to increase our knowledge of the Savior, knowing that as we deepen in our awareness of what Jesus has done for us, this will bring about further transformation. The knowledge that we are invited to is not just learning about what he did, but it's also this invitation into knowing him. It's an invitation into being in relationship with Jesus, that he may offer the forgiveness to himself the living God, back into relationship with him. 
Peter finishes the letter pointing towards Jesus as our true and ultimate hope. This is why we focused on growing and growing into Jesus so much because Jesus is the only place where our true hope is. To grow in Jesus is implicitly to grow in hope. We're kind of, we, it's hard to get through this without pointing back to Heidelberg Catechism question and answer number one of knowing where our only comfort is. That our only comfort in life and in death is in Jesus Christ. We are reminded constantly of this need to grow and to be on our guard because we are so prone in taking this only hope that we have and intentionally forgetting. We intentionally skip the passages that cause us to grow. We like to place our hope in places that seem a little more convenient for us, that are easier, our easy comforts that we have. We have the temptation to stay close to where we got in rather than seeking to constantly move forward to the one who brings life. One last thing I want to say about hope is that when we grow in hope like this, this has a missional component. This draws us into mission. To grow in hope is to grow in the knowledge of the Savior. Is something, it doesn't just impact us internally. This takes us outward into the world. When we reorganize our way, in our desires, when we reorganize our desires in such a way that not even a pandemic can stifle our hope, then we are witnesses to a hope that the world truly cannot understand. Our hope is ultimately in our Savior, Jesus Christ. We have no option to grow, so our encouragement is to grow in him. Uh, perhaps in this season more than others, we are being prompted to see that, to grow in the knowledge of that. Uh, we are called to grow in the grace of Jesus. Uh, what ways can we express that hope? And rather than just leaving it at that, let's just, I'm going to throw out a couple of suggestions of how we can express our hope. We can express our hope in naming the things that we are grateful for and bringing that gratitude to God. So this practice of being thankful. We can also express our hope in lamenting when hard things are happening. We can, we can lament and we can name our sadness because we know the things that we are sad about are not the things that we put our ultimate hope in. Our ultimate hope is in Jesus. We also express our hope when our decisions that we make in the day-to-day -day are also informed by the cross, recognizing our call to imitate the one who suffered on our behalf. We express our hope when we continue to invest in the community around us, displaying a trust that runs so deep that we don't only need to focus on ourselves, but we can focus towards others. So let's grow in hope, knowing this, that growth is possible, growth is gradual, growth always must be gracious, and let us grow as people who have already been invited to the table, 
who have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, who have tasted his grace and have grown. And with that type of grace, who knows what's possible? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we look into our lives and we see the many different ways that you have called us to grow. That our lives often go unchecked and sometimes we grow in ways that aren't fitting of the calling that you have given us. Too often we grow in anger or with slander or in bitterness. Help us to grow in the ways that remember the gospel. Guard us from the attitude of intentionally forgetting. May we possess the qualities of grace and love in increasing measure that we may be kept from being ineffective and unproductive in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged in the message and through the work of the Spirit. Once again, if you want to learn more about Living Hope, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca.